Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast. This episode is Helpline with Mothercraft nurse extraordinaire, Chris Minogue. If she can't help you, nobody can. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Hello and welcome to Helpline on Feed, Play, Love. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Joining me is Chris Minogue, Mothercraft nurse extraordinaire. Uh, Chris has over 30 years experience helping families with their babies and small children. She can help you with everything from settling, feeding, relationships between siblings. She's got all the advice. So if you'd like to ask her a question, now's your opportunity. You can get in touch with us through a few ways. You might be watching us live on Facebook. You can pop your question below the video there, or you can give us a call if you're watching live. The number is one 800 You can also email us if you're listening via podcast or you'd like to send us a question. That address is helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. And first up, we have a phone call from Fiona on the line with a question about her 14-month-old. Hi, Fiona. How are you? Hello. Good ladies. How are you? Good. If you're a gem. Um, now I just Thanks. wanted to ask a quick question in relation to my little one. He's yep. doing, I think he's doing really well. He's on one sleep now. Great. Um, goes down at 11.30, wakes up around two-ish. Yep. Not too bad. Um, now, I'm just wondering, how do I adjust his nap time now that, you know, we've got someone that says, oh, I've got a party or can you come to lunch? And it's like, oh, but that's right Ooh. in the middle of sleep time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this one's a really tricky one. Yes. So... It depends um, who it is and how much you love yeah. them, I suppose. I know. <laughs> because in a way, for the next year and a half while they have a day sleep, you, you're yeah. going to come up to this problem some way, somewhere, mm. whether it's 11.30, 12, 12.30. Yeah. One, two, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So because when's this party on? Oh, so this particular one starts at 11. But I'm just kind of thinking in general, what's the, you know. What I would probably do is... Yep. I usually make a pack with myself because I've got a feeling that if you put him in the car at 11... Oh, he'll fall asleep, no doubt. He'll fall asleep for half an hour. You're at the party for whatever, two hours. Mm -hmm. The fear is that when you put him in the car to drive home, he'll sleep for half an hour. But when you stop, he'll wake up and then Mm -hmm. he will be a cranky little man for the rest of the day. And Mm -hmm. sometimes, depending on whether it's a family pull or a friend pull... We just take a deep breath and say, okay, little man, I will just ride the afternoon off and okay. put you to bed at 6.30 and I know that you're going to be cranky so you can have whatever your favourite food is for dinner. I'm right, not going so, to push it. Okay, yep. If they're a one-off, yep. then I don't think that will make any difference whatsoever. Okay. If it was more than that, if it was a family event that occurs every week or every oh, two no. weeks, <laughs> I would be taking a port of cot and putting him to sleep. Right. Okay. Okay. So this, these, I'm hoping, and I'm going to pick and choose. It. Yeah, that's right. Events. Yeah. Trying to convince my husband. Yeah. It's very important that little one sleeps now. Well, you know <laughs> what you do. This is my favourite thing. You just agree once with your husband because they they don't sort of get it, and then mm. you have an incredibly difficult afternoon. But you say to him, "I'm going for a massage now. Now you can deal with him." <laughs> yeah, just have a very important, very subtle, afternoon. very mm. subtle way of saying, like- "Well, you created this. Now you can actually be with this." Right. So, yeah. but in in that case, 
Um, the other thing I do is the half an hour before you go to the party and yep. on the way home, I might take an hour to go to get home instead of half an hour to get home and he gets right. an hour's sleep and he makes it through to 6.30, but he is yep. in bed by 6.30. Okay, so basically just bring his night. Yeah, just you bring know, like that a night a little bit early. Yep. 6.30 is the earliest. If you bring, put him to bed earlier than that, sometimes they wake multiple times no. at night. But, the, you know, I just do the very long drive home and let him have an hour's sleep. And and then, okay. Yeah, that, and that he'll get there. Cool. Listen okay. to a good podcast, Fiona. Yeah, something uh, yeah, you can't, true. can't take your <laughs> ears off. enough, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, that's Fantastic. right. He'll um, be asleep, remember? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I'll probably be asleep too. So. <laughs> <laughs> and the other quick one, in terms of bedtime, so he, yep. go, he wakes up at 2 and he goes down at 7. Yep. Could I push that to 7.30 or am I... You can, they can stay I, awake for 5 to 5.5 hours. Yeah, I think you okay. have to read him. Yeah, so I'm if reading you, him and he, yeah, yeah okay. if you're reading him and he's still happy and he's playing with dad and it's a mm. lovely evening and you just want to go for a bit of a walk, I completely agree. Seven thirty would be the biggest push that you would do though. Yes, okay, and, and I would just yeah, if you might yeah. be out with friends and you don't get him home to quarter past seven, he'll make it. He'll survive yep. that. But yeah, if it's okay. done regularly, he might no, get no. a little bit overtired. Yes, no, my whole, yeah, great. So you've yeah. answered my question. That's fantastic. A one-off is okay, so maybe yep, I can go to perfect. the party. But after that, we just got to get it back on track again. Get back on track. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Please. You are amazing. Thank you oh, so much for all your Thanks, help. Thanks, Fiona. <laughs> so great. Thanks, yeah. Fiona. See you later. Thanks, bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Our next question comes from Lauren. Yep. My son Cooper is 27 months old and has been at daycare two consecutive days a week since he was 14 months old. Yep. He seems to enjoy it, but they have had issues with him being a bit rough and biting in the other kids since oh. he was about 18 months, which is still ongoing. They think at least part of it may be he only ever did short naps there. And since he was about 21 or so months old, stopped napping there entirely. Oh, dear. Now, the situation at the daycare is yes. that all the kids nap on mats, mats in a room. Yeah. Cooper, her little boy, has worked out that all he has to do is cry and make noise. The carers will come in and take him out so he doesn't wake up the other kids. Yeah. And that's how he's come to not have naps there. But by the time, she says, by the time I pick him up at about 4 p.m., he's overtired and a little bit hyper. No problem napping at home. Yep. He usually, usually sleeps for half an hour um, or so, then falls asleep and will usually huh. play, sorry, my, my bad, huh. usually plays around for half an hour or and so and then he'll fall, fall asleep, asleep and nap for about one and a half hours. Two weeks ago at home, he we had to take the size of his cot because he was climbing out in his sleeping bag. He misses the occasional nap at home. Um, as on those occasions, he would just play around for ages and I usually give him about one and a half hours to fall asleep and then I give up and get him out. He used to also bite kids when I would catch up with friends for play dates. But over the last few months, he's matured in his interactions with these other children and he's nowhere near as rough. I almost never see him bite. I had assumed he was improving at daycare, but apparently not. Sometimes his biting at daycare is provoked, but sometimes he'll do it without reason. he's randomly doing it. So her questions are, um, do you have any ideas for how the carers can get him to nap at daycare? I think this is a really difficult thing because obviously he's very lively. He's climbed out of the cots at home and that probably comes from the fact that his sleep has been intermittent so he's not in that regular pattern of of, um, sleeping. Commonly, the carers sit next to them. So I'm not sure why there's not a carer in that room and maybe what they could do for a couple of days is just sit by him, not 
sit on him and not really do anything. But when he goes to move, they just say, shh, it's time for sleep, Cooper, put your head down. And the most that they might do is put their hand on him. And the reason for that, you don't want them to pat him off to sleep because you're not doing that. And you going in and saying, shush, it's time for sleep and putting your hand on him is something that can be replicated in both daycare and at home. So let's come together all doing the same thing. Then I'm sure there is a carer in the room. So I would get the carer to sit next to him in the room on a little chair instead of sitting maybe at the other side and just shush, put your hand on and that'll stop the crying and allow him to take that bit of time because he's obviously taking half an hour at home to go to sleep and he's probably looking for that time at daycare. So I think if they sit near him, that would probably rectify it. He probably won't sleep for an hour and a half, but if he slept for 40 minutes, he's going to be much happier and that will decrease the biting. Yes. So moving on to the biting, the second question. Um, The daycare have tried everything they can to address it, telling him we don't bite, giving the bitten child lots of attention, shadowing Cooper so that they can try to intercept before he actually bites. Yep. But it's still ongoing. Do you think it's related to being overtired? Yep. If the staff aren't able to get him to nap, do you think he'd be better off in a quieter environment such as a family daycare where he may feel less overwhelmed as there are less Less kids kids. and less likely to bite? Um, She actually says here that she's taken him to see a paediatrician about the biting. They had a really? good solid hour with them. That was because the daycare suggested it. Right. Um, but the paediatrician said that he's completely normal. I'm yeah, surprised yeah. that they'd been asked to take it. Yeah. So I really think, surprised. Um, I think probably what's happened is that Lauren is just, you know, the childcare at the end of their tether. She's at the end of the tether. Yeah. doesn't know what to do. What do you think? Well, the thing the is, he's, he's regulating the biting because he's not doing it with his mum. And the difference between his mum and the daycare is sleep. So okay. his mum gets, you know, Lauren gets an hour and a half of sleep and she's now seen that the frequency of his biting mm-hmm. and, of course, he's got more skills now as he's got older to integrate with other kids. So the biting's has dis- is- got less and less and less. And the only time it hasn't got less is at daycare where he's not sleeping. So I think if daycare put more effort into the sleeping, we're going to get a lot further. Yeah. And I think it's taken him a little bit longer. Their daycare's probably putting him down too early because, what is he, 20, he's two and two months. So mm. if he's, or two and three months. Three months so yeah. I would be putting him down at one and getting him up at 2.30 or putting him down at 12.30 and getting him up at 2.30, depending on where they want him to go to sleep at night. And maybe the daycare are trying to put him down at 12. So the one thing that might happen is ask them to regulate his sleep. I would ask them to put him down at 12.30 or one, because we know they sleep less at daycare than what they do at home. And all the other kids are asleep, and so they can just bring him in and tell him, it's quiet time, the kids are asleep, you need to put your head down and go to sleep. Um, or sit by him, like I'd say. But I'd, I'd almost agree that the daycare have tried all the things that we would do. I would shadow him a lot more and shadow him a lot more if he hasn't had no sleep. But I don't think family daycare is going to fix this. I think it's just a smaller environment, and he'll still do it. So I think it's the sleep that's the key thing here, not where he is. There's just more kids to buy at daycare. Mm. All right. Well, good luck, Lauren. So I think you're on the right right track and it's about the sleep. And if they work on the sleep, then as you've seen, it'll de- the biting will decrease. 
Okay. We have a question from Janelle. She says, hi there. I need help dropping night feeds. I'm a little embarrassed to say they are three years old, has one nap during the day and is usually asleep by 8 p.m. At the moment, we get up three times a night. We've tried it all, plain water, etc., etc., everything except crying Cried it out. out. But please, Janelle, don't ever feel embarrassed about asking no. a question like that. We've all got lots of things going on. Yeah, it's, all sorts of things happen behind doors. Um, I, you, the only way you're going to fix this is to completely stop it. And weirdly, the only way you're going to completely stop it, this would be the fastest way to do it, is if mummy went away for the weekend and daddy had to deal with it because you physically wouldn't be there. Because the thing about the three-year-old, and you often see this with two-year-olds who are still breastfeeding, is they literally claw at you to get to the breast. They can't make that decision, that sort of separation between, well, I could have it yesterday, why can't I have it today? So in this case, the really good thing is he's three. And so he has that cognitive development to understand how things are going. So I would plan this out over a week and I would start talking to him saying, you know, whatever you call it. So mummy feeds, they they have all sorts of names for it, booby feeds. So you need to say, look, we're getting older and it's time to stop our, our milk feeds, I'll call it. And so we're planting the language into his mind. We're not giving him feeds on Thursday and taking them away on Friday because I think it would be an uproar. So what I would start doing is getting it down to one feed. So across a week, I'd get it down to one feed. So you'd say to him before you go to bed, I'm not sure if he takes them during the day. It seems that he's taking them at night, doesn't it? So he's taking Mm -hmm. them at night. Um, And then I'd say to him, um, when you wake up tonight, Daddy will come in and give you a cuddle. And then that's Daddy's turn, the first turn. And that might take daddy, sorry, daddy, might take you an hour to do. The second time I would give him the feed and the third time I would resettle him if there was a third time. I'd do that over a few days and then say you started that on a Monday, by Thursday, I'd probably say to him, you know, that we're getting bigger now and we don't need our our mummy feeds or booby feeds, Um, but I'm going to buy you a new cup and we're going to have a drink from the cup and so I'd set planting the seed. But the easiest way to do this is then to say to him, mummy's going away for a couple of nights. She's going to stay with, you know, grandma or wherever it is that you're going. And daddy will be here to help you. And he will give you a cuddle and a drink from the cup. And I'd give him his special cup that he puts beside his bed. And then I... that's just water? Yeah, that's just water. And then I would just literally, I think the easiest thing on both of you is if you literally left the house that day. And just got him used to not having the feeds over a night or two. And then on the third night, you should be able to go in and comfort him as much as what daddy might have done over those two nights. So um, Janelle's written, have tried that. He says yes until the night. Yes, but have you tried leaving? Right. Have you actually been able to Have, Have you left? So that's right. He'll agree with you in the day. That's why it's easier if you leave. You're physically not there. He can't actually. He can't actually. Yeah, you're actually not in the house for him to do. So dad can give him cuddles and you'll be okay and I'll sleep here and let's go and find your um, Paw Patrol cup and let's have a drink of water. But you're not actually physically there. So it's, it's partly about the language and it's partly about you not being there. 
So she says, thanks, I will try that. Yeah, book into a really nice hotel, Janelle. (laughs) (laughs) Have a spa. Well, that sounds amazing. It's one way. (laughs) Meanwhile, you'll be dripping in the bath and crying and he'll be at home crying. But it Mm. is the quickest and probably the easiest way to get rid of it. Okay, well, let us know how you get on. Yeah. Chris Minogue and Helpline on Feed, Play, Love will be back answering more questions right after this. Sometimes parenting can be challenging and sometimes it can be a downright laugh. The wonderful thing about being a kid is having wonderment in your eyes, looking at the world and going... We've all pushed our children's poo (laughs) down down the the drain. (laughs) Either way, it's fun to share stories with people who really understand the joys and sorrows of raising small children. I'm Siobhan Hunt and The Parent Panel is a weekly podcast I host where we invite a mum and a dad to discuss the events and stories of the week. The Parent Panel, available wherever you get your podcasts. Now, back to your questions with Helpline and Chris Minogue. This question comes from Jessica, who has a five-month-old, yep. her little boy. During the day, he's a dream, very placid and happy. He wakes up between 7 and 8.30 and has three to four naps a day. He's cool. awake for around 90 minutes Perfect. and goes down for a nap for somewhere between 90 minutes for the first nap and 30 minutes for the last nap. His last nap generally starts between 3.30 and 4.30, finishing at 5 at the latest. He's generally able to put himself to sleep unaided, which is great. Oh. He goes to bed at around 6.30 after a bath story and a feed. And then he's, the darkness comes. <laughs> yeah, he's often so tired that I struggle to keep him awake during this feed. Yeah. 20 to 30 minutes after he goes to bed, he wakes up screaming and is very unsettled. Sometimes my husband is able to get him to fall asleep on him, but mostly he's awake and very unhappy. I feed him again at 8, 8.30, put him down again, and the same thing happens. 10 to 20 minutes later, he's awake mm. and screaming. He can usually be resettled a little easier at this time, though it seems to be getting harder each night, but he keeps waking up. He usually falls asleep after another feed at around 10 and then wakes again for a feed two to three hours later. The last few nights, he's then slept for six to seven hours, six or seven hours. Yeah. This has been going on for around three weeks and seems to be getting progressively worse and more wake-ups and harder to settle. Mm. Any suggestions on how to best manage this and hopefully one day getting our evenings back? I think there's a common thread. This often happens from about three months and so is more common at five months. Um, I think he's too tired by the end of the day. He's not feeding. And that's what starts the first wake up. Once that first wake up happens, he seems to be waking in a night sleep frame, which is about two to two and a half hours. So he doesn't know what to get what to do to get to sleep. So what I would try in this case, Jessica, is I would cut the story out and pull the breastfeed forward a little bit so that he breastfeeds well and he doesn't go to sleep off the back of the breastfeed. So you get a good breastfeed plus similar behaviour to the day where he goes down awake. And I think what's happening is getting confused and when he wakes up, he's needing, initially he needs the feed because he hasn't fed well. That gives him a feed. He probably feeds off to sleep. It reinforces the same behaviour as we go through the night. So in this case, the next three nights, I would drop the story. I'd bring the breastfeed a little bit earlier so he breastfeeds well. And then I'd put him down to sleep and settle him the same way you do in the day and see if that starts to longingate the sleep because he'll go into a deeper sleep because he's not hungry. And hopefully that starts pushing these wake-ups out. 
So he's a five-month-old baby and that six to seven hours that you've been seeing of late is what we would like them to do, whether it was 10 till four or five in the morning or whether it was, which is better, is seven till two, have a feed and then sleep through till six in the morning or thereabouts. So I would try feeding him earlier so he feeds properly and then put him down awake and see how he go from there. All right. Good luck with that, Jessica. This is a question from Jenny. I have to jump into the cot with my eight-month-old to sleep. I'm getting it at least three times during the night. How can I get him to like the cot? Well, he likes the cot. He just likes you in the cot. (laughs) It must be a bit squishy. (laughs) Very squishy, Jenny. So my golden rule is that the parents should never get in the cot (laughs) because I'm not sure it can take the weight. So this is probably more about settling than it is about the cot and how you settle him. So this seems to be happening at night. I wonder what's happening in the day. So he might be just getting very mixed messages. He might be a little bub who is sleeping in the pram in the car during the day, or maybe only having the odd sleep in the cot during the day across your week. Um, And then at night, he struggles to work out how to go to sleep in the cot. Um, So the first thing I do is spend a couple of days putting him in his cot for all sleeps and that you stay on the outside of the cot and we give him some reassurance. So periods of crying, go in, try and pat him. He's eight months old, so he'll probably crawl away from you. Um, So if he crawls away from you, then give him a few minutes and try and catch him again. It's like a game of fishing. Um, Catch him again, lay him down, pat him. If he gets himself too worked up, pick him up, give him a cuddle, put him back down again. So I suspect um, we need a little bit more information about what's going on in the day here. So if he sleeps beautifully in the cot in the day and then needs you at night, that's just the pattern of behaviour that's been developed. And whatever you do in the day, I would repeat at night. It says I breastfeed him to sleep. In the day. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I assume. Breastfeed him to sleep in the day. Facebook. So you need, so he's making that connection. So when he wakes up at night, he can't regulate himself because he needs a feed to go to sleep. And you're either hopping in the cot to feed him to sleep so you don't have to put him down or you're settling him by getting into the cot. But either way, we need to feed him, sit him up, wake him, put him down. Put doesn't your, self-settle. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't self-settle. Yeah. So feed him. Let's change the whole pattern. So in the day, feed him, sit him up. He's awake. He's dozy, but he's awake. Put him down. Put your hands on him straight away and start to pat straight away. So we're going to give him a a different connection to going to sleep for a few days. So this is going to be a little bit of a struggle. You you might need your partner to help out here um, after a few minutes. So feed, sitting up, putting down, pat, pat, pat. He's going to go a little bit chaotic there or crying. Up, cuddle, back down, pat, pat, pat. You might have to repeat that up to 40 minutes, but over three days, it should get better and better. And then we're going to apply it. We are going to apply it at night at the same time. So when you go into him, I'm sure you, he has two naps in the day. I'm sure you're feeding him at night because you're in the cot with him. Um, and you need to, now he's eight months old, doesn't really need a feed overnight. So you might be able to correct that whole behavior and, and go in, try the padding first. If that doesn't work, pick him up, give him a cuddle and put him down again. It would be much better if your partner went in at night because they react differently. And even if your husband or partner has to pick him up and pat and jiggle, 
for a little while before he calms down and then put him down and then pat him. We're just changing that um, connection with how you go to sleep. So it's going to be a little bit tough, but give yourself three or four days and I'm sure you'll see an improvement. Jenny says, I will try that. It's going to be a 360-degree change, which is is true. So that's true. It is going to be. Can I ask a question, Chris? Um, In terms, because Jenny's needing to adjust both day and night, are you suggesting that she starts with the day and then does the night or does it all at once? In this case, it'd be much quicker and much more learned if she does it all in one. Right. Good luck, Jenny. We're with you. (laughs) But but it has to get better. My whole theory is if you give yourself a weekend, let's say, to do this, and on Friday we know it's going to be really difficult, you've got to work together at it, it's going to take a bit of time, lots of comfort, lots of putting down, Um, it should be better by Sunday night. So if it's as difficult on Sunday night as it was on Friday night, then we've missed the window of what we're talking about here and we need to relook at it. So I would go in with the thought that you'll need lots of chocolate on Friday night and you'll need (laughs) a little bit of alcohol and um, then he will have the message by Sunday night. Okay, so if you haven't, then we need to talk again. I usually tell parents, try it for three days and be consistent and if it hasn't improved, stop and we'll relook at the whole thing again. Okay, that is comforting. Yeah. At least you, you have an end in sight. Eat chocolate. And try it. <laughs> okay, uh, and get back to us, Jenny. Yeah, we need some more help. absolutely. Steph has a six-month-old. She says, hi, guys. I love your podcast. <laughs> and then in capitals, help <laughs> me. Uh, my nearly six-month-old hates the car. Oh, I feel yeah. like I've tried everything and any car ride over five minutes leads to horrible screaming fits, which causes me to be concerned about his welfare. I worry he'll choke or pass out. Please give me some advice on what you think I should do. It's so isolating. I feel I can't go anywhere. Um, Thank you. I've tried ensuring the seatbelt isn't too tight, a mirror, window down, shade, toys, and someone in the back. So weirdly, we get a lot more of this now about the babies in the cars and, and not liking the car seat. So the first question I ask is, is he in a full car seat or is he in a capsule? So often at six months, if they're still in a capsule, it might be too tight and they're too hot, especially the weather of late. And they get, they just get really frustrated. The second thing I ask is, are we generally putting them in the car when they're tired? So, you know, we've been out, we've been a mother's group, we've done a few things, then we're popping the baby in the car when they're tired and we're getting them home to give them a feed and put them to bed. And they're just too tired to cope with that complete strapping back that a car seat does. So that's the first two things I would try. Um, I make sure that they have good block out so that the sun often hits them from the back window and from the side window and they get really irritated about that. Now that's obviously not all the time because your car moves around but do you have like a window sock on it? Do you have some prevention which most most he's parents a, do. He's in a full car seat. He's in a full car seat. Um If he's in a full car seat, check his head support. It's not too close to him if it's at the right angle. So have that checked. If all of that checks, then actually what I do is for, and this is not easy, for a couple of days I don't put him in the car seat. And then when I put him in the car seat, I go really short distance. And I would do this on the weekend and maybe have your partner sit in the back or you sit in the back, but you're only going a really short distance, like 10 minutes so that he's having a couple of really positive experiences in the car and then just increase that time in the car. Um, I think it's because they get put in the car a lot, a lot Mm. more than they were 10 or 15 years ago. 
and they're constantly in and out. It's that constant pushing back of the shoulders, you know, when they sit in the car seat and you tighten those belts. Have you tried music? I know this is going to sound, this is, uh, again, they're usually this is not going the at 100 miles an hour. The music is turned up because oh, right. the baby's crying. Well, this is totally anecdotal, but my, and also my, when mine hated mm. the car, they were a lot younger. But yeah. um, I used to, <laughs> I used to sing and a friend of mine said she had the same thing happen, but the baby would only be quiet if she sang same. like twinkle, twinkle a thousand times. So if yeah. you're driving for half an hour, yeah. you have to sing. Twi- anyway, that's just like yeah. a layperson's advice. Loads if you want of to people try it. have already done the radio up because they're blocking the baby. They're putting music on. Most mothers with four-month-olds have got the wiggles going long before they need the wiggles. <laughs> it's a common thing that people mm. would try is mm. the singing. But I I'm not sure who they're blocking out more. They're blocking. They're hoping to calm Singing the baby makes or block you feel the... good too. But you have to choose a song you like. She, yeah. um, Steph also writes. Um, we've been feeding him in the car rides. Is that okay? It's the only way he's happy when we must travel. Uh, mm. As in, it must be a bottle. I'm assuming. Um, I'm assuming it's, a, one, it's a, it? a a bottle. I certainly wouldn't feed him food because he's in a recline backwards. Um, I can see why, because he's sucking to soothe himself. Mm. I'd probably try a dummy um, mm. over giving him fluid in that position. So I think to get him to calm down, it's perfectly fine. I wouldn't want that, though, to be the cue about what happens when bottle. I'm in the car. Yeah, yeah, it's a bottle. Try try a dummy instead, because I think that would be easier, even if you only just use it for car rides. Um, but it certainly calms them down and soothes them. I just wonder what what will happen in the long term every time you put him in the car does he need a bottle you know that sort of because they're smart as you know they're really smart <laughs> <laughs> well steph hopefully hopefully that helps. they might do help they, you do they grow out of it yeah as well? do you know when they grow out of it when you turn the car seat around the other way okay and when will that be uh new south wales um car regulations is over six months um, greater than eight kilos and longer than 72 centimetres. But you can look it up on the New South Wales car seat regulation. Or wherever I, you are, state territory. I was going to say, because mm-hmm. I think state and territory. But usually when I've looked at it, they're pretty much across the board. You get very confused, the poor parents out there, because you can get anything from six months to six years. So in reverse. But I think if you start with your state laws, you will be fine. They usually, as soon as they turn around and they can see more, they're happier. All right, that might be so a solution. So you, you haven't got long to go, you know, mm. so he may not be eight kilos, but, you know, in the next couple of months he's probably ready to turn around. Okay, yeah. good luck, Steph. And this question comes from Lana. She says, my seven-month-old son has developed a habit of waking at 2.30 to 3 a.m. and refusing to go back to sleep unless you're hugging him <laughs> either on the lounge or in our bed. <laughs> He has never done this until this week. Is this a normal stage he will grow out of soon? I'm so exhausted. Any tips are greatly appreciated. No, he's not going to grow out of it until we maybe help him grow out of it. (laughs) He's just got into hugging. Lots of kids do this. In fact, they usually do it when they're older, so all, all... hail to him, that when you pick them up and start hugging them, they start pointing to the door to tell you where to go. And the really smart toddler says things like, sit there, wiggles there, and then par- parents are doing it. And then we're like, <laughs> uh, hang on. And it takes us a few weeks and then we go, hang on, why are we doing this? And then back we go to what we need to be doing. So the first thing is I try and settle him in his bed before I pick him up for about 10 minutes. And I know that can be really frustrating, but we're giving him a new message. 
if he gets up and he gets a hug, it's a hug till he's calm and then he's back down in that bed. Now, somehow he's wandered out of that room and he's he's not taking himself out of the room. You know, dad and mum might be taking him out and sitting in the lounge and doing all sorts of things. And what you've actually started inadvertently and unintentionally is that you've taught him that he can go out there and that fully wakes him up. So it takes much, much longer to get him back to sleep. It's almost like you have to do another cycle before you go back to sleep. So we're going to modify what you've been doing. So five, ten minutes, trying to settle him in his bed, pick him up, give him a cuddle because he's used to that. We're not walking. We're not actually even moving from the cot. Calm him down, calm him down, back in there, back to sleep again. So give that a go. I think... I think just about every parent out there has done this at some stage, at Mm -hmm. some age, have taken their children out of the room and they're sitting there at two in the morning going, what are we doing? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, when you're sleep deprived, you do a lot of strange things. That's right. So you need a voice of reasoning to say, oh, hang on, stop, stop. Let's go back. Yeah. See how that goes, Lana. And remember, we're back next week. Absolutely. Same bat time, same bat channel if you want to ask more questions around that. We do have time for just one last question. It's a doozy. But it's a lovely one. Caitlin, (laughs) any tips for a new mum? I'm 13 weeks. Yay. Yay. Very excited, but very nervous. 13 weeks pregnant? Mm -hmm. Sit back and enjoy it. So (laughs) I I know it's very nervous. My take-home message when I do antenatal and talk to parents when they're pregnant with children is to not get overwhelmed with all that you have to do. Just think about it in really small speed, you know, steps. So, you know, I'd be thinking by 30 weeks, I would know um, that where, what I needed for a nursery, for instance. I'd start looking at cots and prams and car seats and all those things. These next few weeks, I'd just sit back because you're starting to feel good now. 13 weeks um, and you should start enjoy. You're going to get your energy back. You enjoy the development of the baby. 30 weeks, I'd be start thinking I need a bit more information. You might be doing antenatal classes then, getting a bit more information. Um, be ready by 36 weeks because if they come at 36 weeks, they're probably coming home with you. Um, and more than anything, once that baby comes is really small pieces of information. Just find out the method you want to feed understand that very newborn baby and don't get overwhelmed with information and parenting tips that are too far ahead of where you were at. Mm. And I think if I could say, I actually saw a picture, thank you Facebook memories, of when um, my husband took photos of me when I was pregnant with my first child. And I think looking at that, my one thing I would have said to myself was from now on in, it's all a learning experience. Absolutely. You're not expected to know anything. Every, yeah, and that doesn't anything. mean you have to go and research yeah, don't. the bejesus don't. out of it. But um, be, that's, I think, really important for women yep. today because Absolutely. you expect yourself to know everything. It's I'm still learning. I'm going to learn that's from my That's why small pieces of information would not be worrying about what's happening at six months and I certainly wouldn't be worried about putting names down at schools. I'm just getting to know this little person that you're developing now and I'd be sitting back and enjoying the moment. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Please feel free during your pregnancy as well if there's any questions you have for Chris. We'll follow you along. Chris can um, answer questions about pregnancy too. So if you are um, listening to this or watching us and you have some questions about pregnancy, as Chris just mentioned, she does antenatal classes as well. So any of those questions, you don't have to have the little baby in your arms to ask. Just um, write in, call us, however you want to get in touch. But that is all 
the time we have for Helpline and this episode of Feed, Play, Love. If you're watching along live on the Babyology Facebook page, a big thank you for joining us and your questions. If you've been listening to us via the podcast but would like to ask Chris your questions live, you can join us every Friday at 11.30am on the Babyology Facebook page. That's Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Just search for Babyology on Facebook and we'll be there. You can write your questions in the comments section or call us on the helpline. That's one 800 Chris, thank you so much for your time. Oh, pleasure. This has been Helpline on Feed, Play, Love, hosted by me, Siobhan Hunt. If you want to ask Chris your questions for the next episode, you can email them to us directly. The email is helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. Next time on Feed, Play, Love, we're talking to musician Angie Hu about singing to your children. Uh, getting mums comfortable and dads comfortable with singing to their babies because I know people that, yeah, I can't sing, not the point. Um, your baby loves your voice. She also gives us a taste of the lullaby she sings to her kids every night. It's a real treat. That's on the next episode of Feed, Play, Love. This podcast is produced by Elise Cooper and hosted by me, Siobhan Hunt. <laughs>